One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. It's what you're going to need at this church. Amen. You're going to need the word. Praise the Lord. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray and we'll get into this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us. Blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. All right. All right. So we already got our Bibles out. So uh, we're going to get right into what God has for us today. Um, just stay excited because God is, is doing wonderful things and he's doing them in our midst. Amen. He's doing them in our midst. So I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled the same God, the same God. Come on, look at your name and say he's the same God. Oh, come on. I don't know if I'm at the right place. Uh, how many have been touched by God in some kind of way? He's done something for you in your past. Amen. Anybody here where you, you saw God come through, you saw God do something, you saw God move in a way that it was uh, only him that could have done that. Amen. Well, well, come on. Yeah. Amen. So, so look at your name and say he's the same God. Yeah, see, this is something that we've got to understand. So go to Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, simple scripture. And so uh, he says, for I am the Lord, what? I change not. And so that means I don't change. And so I am the Lord, I change not. I'll give you another one. Hebrews 13, 8. Go to Hebrews 13, 8. These are just King James. Hebrews 13, 8. And... This is speaking of Jesus. Jesus Christ, the same what? Yesterday and today and forever. Amen. And so God is not going to change. And how many know his word is not going to change? Oh, can I get amen right there? He's not changing and his word's not changing. Amen. And guess what? His word ain't going away. So they can't get rid of God. Come on, y'all. I'm just, uh, they can't get rid of God and they can't get rid of his word. Amen. They can't remove God and they cannot remove his word. And so we need to be a people that are living with this level of confidence that we're saying it's the same God. That same God is on my side. I'm still trusting that God and I'm going to trust in his word. Uh, this is a bonus scripture. Eight. You ready? Okay. Isaiah 40 verse eight. Come on. Isaiah 40 verse eight. This is not in the notes, but just, you guys know this already. The grass withereth and the flower flower faded, but the word of our God shall stand. It's going to say forever, right? It's going to say forever. And so you could have a confidence as long as I stay with God. And as long as I stay in his word, I mean, and listen, let me just clear this up. You can't get with God without Jesus. Amen. So you, there's only one way to the father and that's through the son. So you got to stay connected to Jesus. But now also I'm going to depend on his word. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand. How long? Okay. So when is this ever going to stop working? Okay. And so if we say the same God, so we have confidence today to know that God didn't change. 
Now, if you look at the church today, I'm not just talking about this church, but I'm talking about the, the condition of the church and the condition of our world. Come on, man. See, I'm one of those pastors that's not afraid to deal with stuff. Because I know people, we need help. But we need to know that it's about what we're doing with our God. Amen. And so God didn't change. But how many of y'all have seen the school system change? And can I get an amen right here? How many of you have seen the school system change? How many of you have seen some young people change? Come on. Uh, Well, they're doing some stuff and interested in some stuff that they didn't used to be. Come on. How many of y'all remember where? Some of you may not remember because that was really a long time ago. But the Bible used to be even in school. Remember that? Remember they used to do stuff like the Pledge of the Allegiance? You know, stuff like that to the flag. Remember all these type of things. Uh, Remember, some of you guys now, it just depends on where you come from. But uh, some of y'all remember being in a time where you weren't allowed to speak negatively to any adult. It didn't just have to be your parents. Come on, how many know you can get uh, you can get in trouble for running your mouth to somebody. Come on. And some of y'all was in that generation where there was like a code and an allowance. Like the if you see my child acting up, go ahead and whoop them and then let me know about it. Oh, but it seemed like back then. Things were a little better in our society. Things were a little better. You know, uh, we just had like respect for authority. You guys ever heard of, you know, stuff like that? Respect for authority, respect for elders, all this type of stuff. How about this? Now, this this just might be me, but how many of y'all remember where kids just didn't do all that talking back? Huh? Kids wasn't doing all that talking back. They said, no. Mm-mm. But how many of y'all didn't heard some kids talking back these days? Come on. How many of y'all heard some little kids tell their parents, no? Say what? No? Ooh. And these things are going on, and they're going on just, you know, like it's normal. How many know that shouldn't be the normal? Amen. And so if we're looking at the scripture and it's saying that God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. Then so that means all these other changes did not come from God. And so God didn't change, but the church did change. Amen. Come on. How many of y'all know there used to be a time in church where people believed in the spirit of God? See y'all. There used to be a time in church where people looked at church as a source of help. People looked at church as a place where they needed to go get some help so that they would know how to deal with this life or to deal with the issues of life. There used to be a power of God. How I many know people used to believe in laying on of hands? Come on, somebody. People used to believe that they can get healed. If I got a sickness, let me call the elders of the church. Let them bring the oil over here. Oh, man. See, we don't. I let them bring the oil over here and pray over me in the name of Jesus that I can be healed. How many churches believing in that now? There used to be a time where uh, there used to be a time where 
the pastors used to have to teach the word. And so that the people could get the word and understand the word and grow by the word. Amen. But a lot of that stuff has changed. And it is not God that has changed it. It is the world. Amen. The world has changed and the world has got in there and started to bleed in to the church. And so we need to be reminded that no matter what happens in our lives or in our world. Let me help you with this. Because you'll hear a lot of stuff. Even if you don't watch the news, you're going to hear from somebody. You always have somebody trying to tell you something. Oh, anybody in here? With somebody always going to be trying to share something with you, some type of report. And so no matter what's going on in our lives or in our world, we need to realize, we need to be reminded that the same God, look at your neighbor and say the same God. Same God. Now, I'm not talking about a new God. This is the same God that said, let there be light and there was light. This is the same God. And so we need to let ourselves be reminded of this fact that the same God is still on the throne. Go to Psalm 77, 14, Psalm 77, 14. And this is just to remind you of what you ought to be focused on. Psalm 77, 14. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Amen. So who are we talking about right here? We're talking about God. So what if you got an issue? What if you got something that you need to change in your life? What if you got a problem? And what if you were reminded of the fact that thou art the God that doest wonders? And so God can do it. Amen. Come on, look at your name and say, God can fix your situation. Come on. I, I, I want to encourage you today that no matter what it looks like, God can turn that thing around. God can turn it around in less than 24 hours. Come on, somebody. God can turn everything around for you. But the question is, do you believe him or have you changed? Because there was a time where people did believe God. There was a time where people said, I need something. Oh, man, I'm coming up short, but I know God is able. So let me go ahead and praise him. Let me go ahead and get in some prayer. Come on, let me go ahead. Eh? But now. People are checking off a box. People are there. There used to be a time where the preacher can just preach what said the Lord. But now. Hold on, preacher. We're going to have to have a meeting about what you, you know, what we want you to tell us. And obviously we don't do that here. Amen. Come on. If you're talking about, um, Pastor, where's the um, members council meeting where we get to discuss sermons? We don't have that meeting here. I, I was uh, I was looking for the sermon committee. Is there where's the sermon committee, Pastor? Ain't no sermon committee up in here. Amen. The sermon committee is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's the only committee we ever going to have when it comes to preaching the book. Because this is what the world needs. And we need to be reminded that he is the God that does wonders. And he has declared his strength among the people. He's already told you how strong he is. Not only did he say it, but he showed it. Come on. God has already shown his power. And so, but now if I'm thinking about this and I'm like, okay, if God is this, and if we really believe this, then who do I need to align myself with? Do I need to be worried about anyone else but this God? If he is 
all that he says he is. Amen. And so go to Romans now. Romans 8.31. Romans 8.31. What shall we say to these things? So what shall we say to whatever opposition is coming our way? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us. You know what I'll be saying about this church? If God be for us. Oh, come on. See, y'all don't. It, uh, see, I can say that about the church. If God be for a word of life, we're we going to be fine. Oh, we don't have to worry about it. But what are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. And we're going to stand on God's side. We're going to make sure that we are on God's side. That we're going to obey him and be on his side. Because if God be for us. See, that's the problem. People cannot uh, stand with confidence when they face opposition because, listen, they don't know that God is for them because they're not sure that they're for him. Oh, y'all, y'all didn't hear me. See, a lot of people want to go to God when they face a trial or trouble, but how many know you can't go up in there because now he don't know you. You got to get to know him and take that serious and don't put God on no shelf and don't try to pull him off. Come on, like a lucky charm when you need him every now and then. You got to enter into fellowship. You got to be found faithful to God. You got to be one that's serious about God. I'm not going to haphazardly serve my God. I'm going to serve him intentionally. Those are people that can stand on the book and say, if God be for me. I don't care who, what? I don't care if it's tanks and missiles. If God be for me. But you're not going to have that kind of confidence. See, you wonder, you want to know the key to boldness? See, uh, uh, Proverbs 28.1, the righteous are as bold as a lion. He says, the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Well, man, it seems like you're just so bold. Well, you know what? I can be bold like that because I know too much about my God. I mean, glory to God. He's undefeated. Can't nobody touch him or stop him. Can't nobody even stand up. They can't even say nothing to him. God has the power to shut a tongue down. Come on. Somebody going against you talking crazy, God can shut it down. I mean, no, when you have this confidence in your God, you'll be able to know for sure no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I shall condemn. Come on, somebody. You can have confidence. You don't have to worry about no opposition because you have come into covenant with your God. Oh, so that's the key to boldness. See, how can you be bold like that? How can you stand up for Jesus in the midst of naysayers? Come on. How can you be bold enough to go knocking on doors and you don't care who you get? Ah. Pants, I, I, I kind of like to, you know, keep my my walk with the Lord to myself because I just, you know, it's really a, just a personal, you know, I just want to be, you know. Tell me where that is in the Bible. The Bible don't say nothing like that. The Bible says go out and preach. Come on. The Bible says go to pre- preach to every creature, everybody. Come on. Let everybody know the truth. Come on. And then he also says that lay hands on the sick and all these signs and wonders and all this stuff's going to be manifesting. So how are you going to keep it a secret? Because that's the devil that didn't trick you. 
And that's what's going on in our world today. Everybody is quiet about Christianity, but the devil's loud about everything else. How I many know they didn't ask your permission to start teaching your kids about alternative lifestyle? They didn't call you and ask you if you're okay with that. They didn't ask your permission. So why are you asking everybody's permission to share Jesus? You ought to have them kids leading Bible studies in school. Oh, y'all in there. Come on, just hold one at lunchtime. No, 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 don't don't go ask for the conference room or don't go ask to get put on the list, you know, because they want to make it put everybody on the list. Everybody that's got there. This is the, you know, man, they got so many clubs out there now. And then everybody got a club. You don't need to ask for no club. Just carry a Bible to school. Y'all don't know this. What if this starts happening? What if, listen, you know why we're having this teen class? We're going to get one, at least one teen that's going to catch the fire. One teen's going to be on fire for God. One teen's going to be so on fire for God that they ain't going to be scared of the world. They're not going to be looking for approval of man. They're not going to be looking for, come on, wait till one teen gets on fire and lays hands on one person at school and that person gets healed. Y'all just wait. All it's going to take is one. Somebody mess around and get a miracle healing at school. What they going to do? Everybody trying to meet where you eating your lunch. Amen. See, it doesn't take all. See, this power is available to us. But people have changed. God hasn't changed. Amen. You know, it's these it's it's the the media and all this stuff. And so they they tell you, give your kids everything and 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 just don't require anything of them that is not from god so now you got kids that they're so deeply involved in their electronics that they forgot how to do something called speak like hello how are you I mean, it's bad enough, you know, they change things, they take cursive out of schools, they take stuff like that. But we're talking about, like, regular communication. And so you have kids today, they don't know how to communicate with each other. They'll stand at each other and look at each other and then start texting each other. But y'all don't know what's behind that. That's the devil behind that because that is allowing them to be cowards. And so people can text and write, but they can't speak. Well, death and life is in the power of the tongue, not in your thumbs. You can't cast out no devil with a text. You're going to have to open up your mouth. You're going to have to decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Amen. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, check back in. You got to get all these parents to check back in. All these adults check back in. Don't check out. Don't let your kids just be wandering off. You don't know what the heck the devil. Man, what? Y'all in here with me. The parents today don't even know what the kids are doing. Oh, that's just that generation. That's that generation is going to lead to your demise. That's what it is. And so you got to take your stance. And so if you do this, then you'll be able to say, well, what shall we say to all these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. I know I wasn't afraid, boy. I wasn't afraid to go talk to any 
school official, anything I needed to do. I wasn't worried about that. I'll be the one that will show up and demand a meeting because I know who's backing me. Now, I can only have this level of confidence if I'm doing right in the eyes of God. And I've made sure that my allegiance is secure with my God. Now, look at this in the message translation. This is verse 31. So in the message translation, he says, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? What if you stepped out into your day like that? So, well, if God, with God on my side like this, how can I lose? You see how you can be fearless? Y'all in here with me? You see how you can walk with a boldness and, and be courageous because you're convinced. I got God. And he hasn't changed. So because we know this, come on, we don't cower in the face of opposition. I want to get this out today because, listen, Christians have to know you can't cower in the face of opposition. When you go through something, you don't run from it. You don't run from it and you don't retreat. You run right at that thing. Come on, somebody. You run right at it, full of faith. You don't need to understand anything, but you have to have confidence in the power of your God. And you understand, you didn't come against me. You came up against my God. And so, man, it's about to be a bad day for you. But if the church isn't convinced of this, huh? If the church isn't convinced. So how's the world going to be convinced? You know, we've been shouting all this stuff. Like, our God's a healer. How many of y'all been shouting that? Amen. You've been believing our God's a healer. Our God is a deliverer. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. But then how many of y'all seen a lot of church folks that wasn't saying that when COVID hit? Oh, I can't get amen right there. You say, oh, our God is a healer. You knew all the healing songs and all that type of stuff. You was all on board. But then when COVID hit, you was the one with the double mask on. Come on, man. But you say your God's a healer. You're going to have to pick what you believe. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. Come on. Choose this day. Listen. You cannot allow the society to change you because your God hasn't changed. And that was just a COVID was a dress rehearsal for stuff that's coming. That's all it was. They want to see how can I manipulate these people and see what will happen. But the thing is, is people don't realize there have been things worse than COVID in times past. But it was the same God that was healing and delivering and protecting. Come on. How many know leprosy is a lot worse than COVID? But it was that same God that was keeping people. How many know Jesus wasn't afraid to touch the leper? Y'all, did y'all ever read it in the book where Jesus caught leprosy? As he is. So are we in this world. And so we got to recognize this. So we don't cower in the face of opposition. We don't back down. This is another thing. Don't back down. Don't change your stance. Come on, somebody. Don't back down. Stay with Jesus. Take your stand for Jesus. No matter the opposition, no matter what's coming at you, don't back down. And then. Let your word be your word. If you say, this is what I used to do with my kids. I'm going to take my stance. If I say no, that's it. 
Ain't no coming back tomorrow. We're moving on. And so parents, take your stance. Don't listen. Don't let these schools tell you how you got to now raise your kids. Oh, well, you know. Their emotions are a lot different now. And don't listen to that. Same stuff, same truth. So take your stand. Have some standards. Amen. Have some standards that you live by. Amen. Have. Oh, boy, I tell you, I'll be getting on this parenting stuff. But, you know, but but think about it, man. I can't expect everybody else to just enforce things on my kids. Like I'm going to I'm going to expect that the school is going to teach my kids how to respect me. Really? They're going to teach, they're going to learn, there's a, you know, the third Tuesday they teach on respect. For respect your parents at home. No, you're not going to get that there. What happens is, if they don't respect their parents at home, then they don't respect society. And that's where we have so many problems, because there's no respect demanded at the house. And so guess what? Those kids go out into the world, and they don't respect anyone because they I don't have to, you know what I mean? They talk back and yell at their parents, so what do you think they're going to do in the world? But the only difference is the world has some called police. And so, you know, there'll be some, you know, I remember when I was a probation officer, we dealt with a lot of rebellious kids. Y'all in here with me? You know, some of them were so rebellious that they would be wilding out until they got strapped down to a chair. <laughs> Y'all didn't. Um, they would get strapped to a chair and rolled. That temp, that temper tantrum, you're not getting up, you're not, oh, you're not, oh, you're not? Okay. Pull out the chair. All of a sudden, there's the rebellious one rolling. Because the world is not going to tolerate this. There's authority that exists out there. Now, the devil, what he's trying to do is remove authority from our world. Now, let me let me help you with this. This is why you got to be very careful. I wasn't planning on getting into all of this, but pay attention to where you stand. Don't take any allegiance with anybody that's against God. All these governmental uh, governmental officials that try to get you to vote against God. They're setting you up for failure. They say, vote against God and we're going to give you a tax credit. Oh, okay. So what's that tax credit going to do for you? What did those tax credits do for anyone when there was chaos in the streets? Come on, how many of y'all, see, some of y'all don't remember this stuff, but when they were burning, they burned down a, a, a strip mall in La Mesa. Like La Mesa, California was like a nice little place. And it got burned down. And there were people breaking in the stores that, you know, they call it a race thing. But how many know the majority of the people breaking in stores were not even black? They were opportunists. And that is what happens when Satan removes authority from our world. Now we start entering into something called survival of the fittest. Newsflash, most people are not fit to survive. 
So they will be destroyed by the criminals. But we got to be those that say, I'm going to take my stand with Jesus. And I'm going to make sure that I'm standing on the side of the book. And I'm not going to let anybody convince me or trick me. And I'm not going to fall for anything because the devil will use it. He'll, he'll use race against you. He'll say, okay, race. So now you got to be siding with all the black people. I'm going to side with all the white people. I'm gonna, no, you need to side with the blood. Amen. You need to be found underneath the blood because how I many know whether you're white or black, you can still get whooped on by the devil if you ain't got Jesus. Amen. That, that's, that's all that's going to work for you. I done seen them do all kind of stuff. People uh, protesting and wearing shirts and I'm this, I'm that. Are you covered by the blood? That's all I need to know. Are you covered by the blood? Amen. It ain't about no organizations and all this type of stuff. Now, why am I getting in this? Because it's the same God. So now, you know, they start. And then why am I preaching this? It's probably preemptive because I know what they're doing. They do it every time. Anytime there's an election coming, they're going to come with this garbage. You watch what happens. Anytime there's an election, here goes the riots. Here goes the this. Here goes. You think that's coincidental? So it's my job as a preacher of the gospel to keep God's people on track with God to where you don't move. You don't listen to none of this stuff that comes out. If they start making threats about your money, your this, don't pay no attention to that. You make sure you're in right standing with your king and you will prevail because your God cannot be defeated. Boy, if we live like this. We live in the revelation of this. We'll know that our God is still on the throne. He is still all powerful, unstoppable, unmatched. Amen. Now go to Psalm 91. So as you're going to Psalm 91, just remember anything you face, don't back down. And then here's another thing. We don't change our confession. If you just confessing healing over yourself, don't change because a new disease came out. Oh, come on. I, you know what? This is this. I had to pray about this because it kind of really put a bad taste in my mouth. But there were some people of faith that I respected at one time. Flipped the script when COVID came out. They changed. I said, oh, all them gospel songs you put out about God's ability. And now you've changed. Amen. There were there were people that were aggressively against the reopening of churches. And they weren't the police. They were pastors themselves. That said, "Oh no, we're not opening up our church." But we should want to be able to get the truth. And speak the truth and teach the truth. Amen. And so a lot of, and now those things change. And a lot of those people, do you realize that right now to this day, there are still people that have not returned to church. We're in 2023. Pandemic started 2020. We still have people that have not, y'all in here with me, returned to church. But they went to Costco, though. Yeah, they went to the movies. 
but they ain't returned to church. Because the whole plan was to shut down the preaching of the gospel. It's not about safety and people or safety of people. It's about stopping the preaching of the gospel. Amen. That's all it is. That's all the devil wants to do. And so the church, which is the body of believers, we ought to be those people that are so convinced that, listen, man, I don't care what they say. I'm not worried about it because I'm going to be with God. I'm going to trust God. So Psalm 91, Amplify Classic. Let's look at this one. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable. Come on, look at your neighbors and ask them, are you stable? Hmm. You know, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So you can't be one that's saying, I trust God. But then you're worrying about, I I believe God. But then you're panicking. No, no. You have to be stable. But now... In order for you to be like this, he says, he who dwells in the secret place. So that's not a fleeting knowledge of God. That's an intimate knowledge of God. That means I'm in a personal relationship with God. I know him on an intimate level. And because I know him on an intimate level, I am abiding under the shadow of the almighty. And so what does this mean? I can't go nowhere without my God. If I go to another country, I'm still abiding, come on somebody, under the shadow of the Almighty. When I was in India, walking the streets of India, looking at all this craziness and all this dirt and filth, guess what? I was abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Y'all in here with me? And so he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall remain stable and fixed. Now you got to be stable and fixed. So what that means is fixed is almost like, okay, so this podium has a top to it. And there's a stand that it's on, but the top is screwed down. And so what does that mean? The top is fixed upon it to where the top cannot come off. Amen. You ought to be in that place in your life where you're stable and fixed. So screwed down. Amen. Talking about I'm, I'm I can't be removed from this spot. Amen. I'm locked in on God. I'm locked in in my position of faith. I'm locked in in my fellowship with God. I cannot be moved. Listen, it does not matter if a hurricane comes. I'm locked in. I'm stable and fixed. Amen. And that's those people that'll be able to make it through any type of trial, any type of situation. I'll give you uh, a little nugget. If you want your trial to be shortened, a lot of people's trials are longer than they need to be. The devil may bring something at you, but it doesn't have to take you out and it does not have to remain. But the problem is, is a lot of people are tumbling down the street. And so when a storm of life comes, they're not stable and fixed. So they're tumbling down the street. And so they remain in that problem. How many know you have seen plenty of storms pass right over? And what typically comes after the storm? Sunshine. And it's clear. But if you're not stable and fixed. Then what you going to do? Still be tumbling. That's like a lot of those people right now. I, and I, I, God must have me on this COVID thing because he's preemptive 
And they're probably trying to do some stuff right now. They're probably trying to come out with a, uh, you know, remember now they kept changing the names? The Omicron and the Deltatron and the Megatron, whatever they, they, they're about to come out with another Tron probably. And so God's got me preaching this preemptively. But if I'm remaining stable and fixed, see, people that were not stable and fixed, they still those people wearing three masks three years later. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you are stable and fixed, you won't have to depend on a failing system, a system that is going to lie to you, a system that is going to tell you that there's other things you can do to keep yourself protected. The only protection you have is in God. You have to be in the shadow, under the shadow of the Almighty. You must remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. And so, and then what does it say? It says, whose power no foe can withstand. Now, what if you call revelation of that? You see, I'm right here, man. Where you at? Right here with God. You know what the devil's going to do? Okay, go over here then. Because if he comes upon you and finds you stable and fixed. He don't want no rematch with God. But the problem is people are falling for these enticements that come from hell. These enticements that draw you and pull you away from the protection of your God. You ought to remain stable and fixed. As long as you be stable and fixed, then you have a uh, a confidence to know that no opposition can stand up against our God. Doesn't matter what it is. I've seen him come through. I've seen him do great things. I've seen him do mighty things. And guess what? He's still the same God. And so... If my confidence is locked in upon that, what do I know about him? What do I know about my God's ability? Half the people today, they they don't believe in miracles, but yet miracles are still happening. Isn't it strange how the devil can get a majority of people to not believe in something that is actually going on today? So people don't believe in... uh, Healing, well, healing is happening even right now. Somebody's getting healed. They don't believe in uh, people being raised from the dead. People are being raised from the dead. Come on. They don't believe in supernatural provision, yet people are being provided for supernaturally even today. It's about what you focus on. But then if you understand, he's the same God. So I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change my view of him. If you're going to change anything, change your view of the world. That's fine. But don't change your view of your God because no opposition can stand up against our God. Now, what does this mean for us? I must be found with my God. I say this all the time. People say, God understands, you know, he forgives me and all that kind of stuff. I say, yeah, he does. But the devil sees you. And so what this means is, yeah, God will forgive you because you messed up. Well, I've always said, if you mess up, fess up, get blessed up. Let's go. Let's 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 keep it moving without condemnation. 
But what you need to consider is the devil saw you. And so now the devil sees you. Now, just because God will forgive you, it does not mean that the devil won't try to snipe you. And so what ends up happening is people go through unnecessary problems. And so I didn't do what God told me to do. And I'm forgiven. Praise God. But you got to struggle because of your disobedience. Oh, now, is that God's doing this or no? So you have an enemy who is looking to steal, to kill and to destroy. Amen. How many know there are plenty of people that are forgiven, but yet have a prison ministry, meaning they're in prison ministering. Now, God forgave them of that crime. But they still. You see what I'm saying? Now, was that a God thing or was that a the enemy is looking? And so what I've always uh, understood is that I'm not going to give him a chance. If you knew that your enemy was looking to snipe you. How many targets you going to put on your back? Are you going to try to keep it together so that, see, man. See, I keep the devil out of my money. Y'all didn't want me to get into this. See, I keep him out of my money. Well, you know, anything can happen. No, no, no. I keep him out of mine. I ain't getting no amens in here. Woo. I ain't getting not an amen up in the building. Glory to God. I keep him out of mine. You know why? Because I'm a tither. And Malachi 3.11 says that he will rebuke the devourer for my sake. So guess what? He can't get mine. Ah, well, I don't believe in that. Okay. Then hopefully you got some other security measures on your money. Y'all in here with me. See, I, I keep the enemy out of my, I keep him off my body. I keep him off my health. How? Well, I got to adhere to the book. What's the book say? I'm going to be in agreement. If he says by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm going to stick with that. I'm not going to change my confession. And so if I know the enemy is trying, amen. See, some of y'all don't know that you can be around somebody that got the flu and you don't have to get the flu. And how do you avoid that? It's going to be through your confessions. Some of you don't even know you already been around people that got the flu and you didn't get the flu. A lot of people, though, they get around somebody that's sick. They find out they're sick and then they start confessing. Oh, shoot. They know they shouldn't have brought that kid up in here with that running nose, man. Hang on. And they're going at home, they're in the mirror. <coughs> Man, I'm feeling a little hot. That's because you saw somebody that was sick and you were around them. Because your conscience has the power to manifest sickness. Come on. Whatever he thinks in his heart, so is he. But if I didn't know. See, most of y'all do better off just not knowing. I didn't see that sneeze. Didn't see it. 
Amen. Then you got people that are germaphobes. Y'all ever met those? Germaphobes. They said, what, what you doing? Oh, man, I got to wash my hands, man. I can't touch that grocery cart. I'm going to just go ahead and clean it off. <laughs> clean it off. But y'all, y'all, y'all okay with all this? So you're going to clean off the grocery. Y'all seen that. Some of y'all do that. You clean that because you got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to protect yourself, right? You got to do what you got to do. But you don't know how many people touch those boxes that you're going to grab. I'm just saying, you you up in there grabbing stuff, and you're like, oh, no, I don't want this. It's too much. Let me go over here. And, but you didn't wipe off none of that. Come on. Some of y'all go up in the Costco and all that, and then you're just grabbing the meat. And then, let me see it. Uh, I don't know if I want this today. No gloves. But you're washing off the grocery cart. Washing off grocery cart. Don't even let me talk about getting gas. Huh? So what is it? Is it really a threat of sickness or is it a perception thing? It's a mental issue. But if you're protected by the blood, come on, somebody protected by, you know, I'm just saying, like to me, if you're going to be wiping off the handles and stuff, you should never eat out again. If you have eaten at a restaurant, how many of y'all have eaten at a restaurant and they brought you a fork and a plate that was not paper? Come on. It was meaning it was used before. And you are thoroughly convinced you're going to put that in your mouth. But you're talking about, I'm, they need to have these wipes for these carts, man, because I'm not, I'm not about to be using these carts that everybody uses. See what I'm saying? You see how the devil can get you all twisted up with stuff? None of that matters, man. And listen. If God's hand ain't on you, all the wiping you can do ain't going to help you. If you don't have the protection of the Lord on your life, it's over for you. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you avoid, what you avoid. Only God is the one that can help you. If you understand that, then you will simplify your life. And you will say, I'm just going to stay with him. Because he is the one that cannot be taken out. And if I be with him, I can't lose. Then it doesn't matter what it looked like. I'm not going to be used by the enemy to welcome it into my life. And so, God, when you have this confidence, this will give you power. And you will stand against anything that comes. So once again, you don't cower in the face of opposition. You don't back down and you don't change your confession. If you say God is with me, I'm trusting him. You say that today. Come on, keep saying it. Come on. How many of y'all would still be saying that if you saw an asteroid coming at this building right now? So I'm like, Pastor, I'm out. Where are you going to run? I'm just saying. The asteroid is pretty big. So you're talking about, I'm out, man. I'm out, man. By the time you get in your car, bam. <laughs> so ain't no need running. You got to confront it. 
You got to deal with it. Come on, somebody. You got to decree and establish the power of God. You got to establish the power of God and, and understand that the blood has marked your life and that you're here on purpose. And that the only way you leaving is because God said it's your time to go. But if he don't say that, then I'm going to be here. There ain't nothing the devil can do to throw at me. Nothing he's got that's going to take me out. I ain't got to be worried about what the doctor says. I ain't got to be worried about what the news says. I ain't got to be worried about even what I might say to myself. I'm going to prevail because my God is undefeated. That's where your confidence should be. All along, we should have our confidence set like this. Go to uh, Daniel chapter three. So we know uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I'm just going to point out some things in this story. But this is a boldness. This is a courage. This is uh, what can happen if you are found in right standing with God. And so there we'll start picking it up in verse 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Stop right there. And so in this verse 12, we see that they were people the king had put into a position of authority. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not just somebody the king didn't know. The king already liked them and appointed them. See, sometimes people get in a situation and they have divided loyalty. And so it doesn't matter. Come on, somebody, if your job gave you a promotion. But if your job tells you you got to turn against your God, then you better turn against that job. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. See, because uh, see, some people don't understand that you must have a undivided loyalty when it comes to God. I don't care if you guys just gave me a pay raise that is you know, tripling my income, income, but you're going to have me turn against my God. Hmm? Y'all in here with me. That's how I ended up getting launched into full-time ministry because I was surely trying to hang on to everything else and, and, you know, do a little church. Just so y'all know, you can't just halfway do this. This, this revelation is coming too much and you can't halfway try to be a pastor to some people. And I remember I used to be in management and then they told me, they said, hey, uh, we found out that you got a church and, you know, you can't be a manager and and a pastor. I said, oh, really? Okay, thank you for making that decision for me. I'm out. (laughs) Because if something's got to go, it ain't about to be my calling. Oh, come on, somebody. And now. Now, one might say, how can you do that? And man, you you got a family. Where are you going to get the money? See, the money comes from the kingdom, but the devil's trying to deceive people. They're thinking that the money comes from the world, but all your money is going to come from the kingdom. God will provide. He'll open up other opportunities. He'll bring in all kinds. He'll do it. But you got to be found with a fearless allegiance unto your God. Amen. And so that was the situation that they put me up against. And I said, oh. Sounds like you're trying to get me to turn on what God told me to do. Thank you for this meeting. We won't be seeing you anymore. <laughs> How many know you can fire them? You don't, they don't have to fire you. I mean, you could fire some people, hey man. You can fire a job if they try to get you to turn against your God. You need to let them know, listen, I want you to know today you've been fired. 
Wait, what? Yeah, I just fired you. Amen? So you never have to compromise. Don't ever get in a situation where uh, you think that you got to compromise to keep some provision. Don't ever do that. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in a position of authority. And the king actually liked them. He really did like them. But they knew they could not turn on their God. They had an undivided allegiance to their God. I'm trying to get the church to... uh, You understand if you have an undivided allegiance to God, you're never going to waver. I mean, man. Come on, church. You know it's possible for you to not waver? It's possible for you to be committed. I use this thing, you know, my guys know about it, but I'm always talking about 100, right? Come on, y'all. It's a the 100 club. I'm, I'm looking. I remember telling the men, I said, you know, my goal, I'm going to get 100 men that are 100 for God. Do you realize what would happen to this church? Y'all ain't y'all ain't. If we had 100 men that are 100 for God. We would probably take over the whole valley. Huh? Well, pastor, I mean, so those of you that's been around me enough, you know what I mean by 100. That means, listen, you're not willing to compromise on nothing. Huh? You're not willing to compromise on nothing. You're going to sign up and you're like, I'm in this thing 100. I just want you to know, though, 100 ain't easy. It ain't easy to be 100, man. It ain't. That's a listen. It's not that common, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. When you got used to, I'm a, and God, no, he'll put that stamp on you all day. He 100. And we got 100 men in this church that are 100 for God. What does that mean? I'm sold out. I'll do whatever he tells me. Boy, you're going to have a level of commitment and consistency. You know what I'm saying? See, we got in our church, you know, a lot of times the guys, oh, I can't make it because I'm sick. I'm this, I'm that, you know. Okay. But then there's others that's 100. Weather changes. The way the body's feeling don't mean nothing. (laughs) Y'all believe we can get there? Because it's going to be very beneficial. We got 100 men that are 100 for God. Sold out soldiers on fire, radical. That is going to be creating major problems for the devil. Yes. Amen. And so that that's my goal. But um, so we see here in this verse 12, these guys were in a position of authority. Let's continue on and read it. Uh, then Nebuchadnezzar. So so somebody told on them. That's what it was. They they told on. Hey, these guys that you appointed, they're not even they're not even reverencing you. They're not even bound to the statue and they're not doing all this stuff. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. Uh-oh, got to go see the principal. Brought them in. So what, what's supposed to happen? They're supposed to be scared now. See, they're out there like, no, I'm standing for God. But then all of a sudden they're brought into the council. They're supposed to be afraid. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, it, is this true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you not serve my gods, 
nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear, and so what he's saying is, now, I'm going to give you a second chance. This is what they told me. Now, is this true? I'm hoping it's not. I'm going to give you another chance, guys, because I, lo- I, I just really like you guys so much. I'm going to give you a chance to go ahead and bow them. I mean, no, it doesn't matter if they give you 35 chances. You're not bowing to another God. Come on. There is no way that you're going to bow to another God. We need to have some Christians in church that are willing to stand in front of a firing squad. Come on, somebody and say, you better start shooting right now. Man, you got Christians changing what they believe overnight. Changing what they believe at the threat. Changing, you know, talking about what you're going to get, you could get in trouble. Forget the trouble. Let God see a steadfast allegiance. Let God see a uh, unmovable dedication. Let that be found in you. Let that be exemplified through the way you live your life. And so he tried to give them a chance. Next, go to verse 16. So in verse 16, he says, uh, this is what they answer. So now here's the threat. They already know. If you get caught not doing this, you're going to be thrown in the fire. They've been caught. I don't even think they were thinking about being caught, honestly, because they didn't pay attention to it. Because you're not even going to pay attention to something if it's against your God. You're like, I ain't doing that. And you're going to keep it moving. They mess around and say, you can't go to church. What you going to do? Well, I hope they got it online. See? I'm just saying, I'm hoping they got it online because, you know. Nah, they said we can't preach. They told us, don't preach. We never stop preaching. They, 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 they wouldn't put a, a sign on my pastor's church down there and said, if you open this church, we're going to take you to this and take you to that. He removed that paper and opened the church. Because you have to have a fearless commitment and dedication to God. And so now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is what they do. Nebuchadnezzar thinks that Surely they're going to change. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee. So it don't take us no thought to answer you. Just so you know, we didn't go pray before we came to you to give you this answer. And next verse. And so that's boldness. And he says, so he's saying, he's making all these threats. So he says, if you do that, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the... Y'all in here with me? Come on, you get some threats put on your life. Are you going to bow or are you going to say, well, if you do that, just so you know, my God is able... Come on, somebody. If if you, man, we didn't see God move. You just got to be confident enough to have trust in your God. And there's a threat, a threat on your life. And you say, if you do that, we just want you to know that the God we serve, he is able to deliver us 
from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. How many of y'all got that kind of confidence? Now, you know they had to know they was right with God. I'm just saying. I'll tell you what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not participating in. Hypergrace. They weren't participating in no hypergrace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on somebody, wasn't sleeping with their girlfriend. I can't get no amen right there. They weren't trying to figure out what sin they can get away with. Because if you're figuring out what sin you can get away with, you ain't ready when you face opposition. When you face opposition, if you're trying to figure out how much sin you can get away with and still be saved, you ain't going to be the one that stands up to the devil like that. But if you're doing it right in the eyes of God, then you'll be able to face whatever that opposition may be. And you'll say, if that's what you're going to do, then go ahead, because our God will deliver us from this fire. In the name of Jesus, our God will deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. And that's a fearless confidence in the ability of God. Amen. Back to the verse 16, because he even says, uh, oh, verse 18. But if not. See that? Even if you don't. I mean, uh, you need to have a resolve within yourself to say uh, it doesn't matter. I'll go out. I'll leave planet Earth praising my God. I'll leave planet Earth with the name of Jesus in my mouth. Come on, somebody with my hands raised. I'll go out. I'll leave planet Earth decreeing and establishing the life of God that he's put in me. You know, that's the way Stephen entered in. They stoned Stephen, man. They stoned him and they stoned him. But before he died, he saw the heavens open up and he refused to speak against his God. He stayed true to his confession. See, that's how you know you really believe what you believe when you get some opposition. Come on. If you said you believe in financial prosperity and all that, but then now you get some financial opposition and you all panicking and well, you just, oh man, I don't know what I, man, I just met so many people, man. They needed something. They needed a job. I pray for them to get a job and they get that job and they mess around and I ain't seen them since. They must be working every day because they don't come to church no more. You're coming to me desperate. Oh, I need transportation. You get a car, you get all this stuff. And oh man, sure. Wow. They must be serving their new God. Amen. Don't ever be one that allows things to pull you because those things will perish and you will perish with them. But if you say, I'm going to stand with my God, I'm going to show God a steadfast allegiance. I don't care what everybody is doing. I don't care what everybody's saying. I'm going to be the one that is found praising my God, standing, praising my God, dedicated and committed to living for my God. And that's what happened with these guys. They said, if not, so even if he don't deliver us, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not. One of the translations says, we'll never. Wow, what is the devil going to do when he tells you all this bad is going to happen? And you say, even if it does, I still ain't going to bow to you. I'll never bow to you. Be it not, or but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Mm, powerful. 
And so um, I'm going to close in a minute here. But so this is their declaration. This is what they said. They said, we're not going to do it. And so as the story goes on, he's mad. He's in a rage. He goes and he messes around and said, well, light the light the flames, the furnace seven times hotter. So the people that try to throw him in, it was too hot. So they died. Well, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had the anointing upon them. They had that protection covering them. And so even though the people that were carrying them over there unprotected, they fell out dead. They throw them guys in there. And here's what happens. God moves because how many know the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And so if you have a confidence to know that no matter what I might face, if I'm in right standing with my God, how many know ain't no fire hot enough to burn you. Amen. Ain't no situation tough enough to take you out, but you got to be one that's found in right standing with your God. They threw him in there and then Nebuchadnezzar, he looks and he sees, he says, wait a minute. I'm just paraphrasing for the sake of time. Y'all need to read that story. Daniel chapter three. He says, wait a minute. Didn't we throw? Come on, (sighs) y'all. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, somebody. If you got to go through it, I got to go through it. Come on. If it's going to come on you, it's coming on me. And so anything you face, you got the confidence to know that your God is with you. And Nebuchadnezzar looked and he saw four. He said, wait, didn't we throw in three? But then he looked in the fire and he saw four. But what did he see him doing? Standing up, walking around. How many know that trial that was supposed to take you out? You'll stand right up in the midst of it and start walking around. Start talking, start praising God unaffected. That thing's supposed to take you out, but you setting up in that thing unaffected by it. Now you understand why you ain't got to run. People said, that's it. I got to leave California to do what? If you anointed, then you're going to prosper wherever you at. Because prosperity is a part of your DNA. It's flowing on the inside. I ain't got to move nowhere because it's cheaper. Come on. How many know my kingdom ain't broke? Amen. I got enough money to live wherever God wants me to live. Amen. Because I'm connected to the kingdom. And so these guys were in the midst of it and God turning around. So what was supposed to take them out couldn't even harm them. It didn't even affect them. And so they're up walking and he says, I see four and one of them looks like a son of God, which means an angel. And so an angel was sent from heaven, dispatched. How many know God's still dispatching angels today? God is dispatching angels right now. If Man, if you be found in right standing with God, if you don't back down, if you don't cower, then God will dispatch angels. Come on, somebody. And them angels will be working for you. They'll be working out stuff. They'll be bringing in resources. They'll be bringing in people. They'll be bringing in all kind of stuff that you need. But what's required? Steadfast allegiance. Fearless allegiance. Oh, I'm confident in my God. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I'm not turning away. I'm not turning my face away from my God because the same God. And so now these guys are walking around in the fire. Then this, this man says, come on out. They get, they come out 
Now get this. Now read this in your own time because I'm going to close. They come out. And before they come out, Nebuchadnezzar already realizes, oh, they do serve the real God. <laughs> come on. That's how, see, you want to be effective in your witnessing? Be found faithful to God. Be found standing true to God. When everybody changed their confession, when everybody changed, you stay the same. And guess what? The unsaved world going to say, dang, I guess. I guess they are serving the one. Come on. That old family member that don't want to uh, believe and don't want to commit. You just be found faithful. Let them yeah. see the power of God in display on display in your life in demonstration on your life. Yes, Lord. Then all of a sudden I have to recognize. Oh, I guess they are serving the one true God. And so these guys. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar changes. He all of a sudden he changes and says, man. That's it. I'm not having them bow to no other gods. This time, if they don't bow to your God, we're going to take them out. Amen. Because God could flip the whole thing. And it was all because they refused to bow or compromise. And if you would sign up for this like that. That's what I'm, boy, I'm praying for a church like that. I'm praying for an uncompromising church. The Lord knows. I'm praying for a church that ain't fickle. Come on, somebody. I'm praying for a church that ain't going to skip out if the weather changes. I'm praying for a church that ain't going to, come on, somebody, sign up for something and then don't show up. I'm just looking for a church, come on, that's going to stick with what they said they're going to do. And they believe in this stuff. Steadfast. Not moved. And these guys came out and then the Bible says, that the smell of smoke, come on, y'all, didn't even have no power over their body. Come on, you know you could stand next to somebody barbecuing and you gonna, you gonna take away the smell with you. These guys were in the midst of a fiery furnace, and the fire had no power over their bodies so much that when they walked out, come on, how many know when you walk out of your trial, you're not going to smell like that trial. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all going to walk out of that situation. Some of y'all going to walk out of that situation that was tough. It was supposed to take you out. It was supposed to weigh you down. But you're going to be found with steadfast allegiance with God. And so you'll step right out of there and somebody that meets you, they're not going to know you. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody that meets you now ain't going to know you've been through. Somebody that meets you today, they're never going to know you used to be broke. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody that meets you today, they're never going to know you were sick like that. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all need to go ahead. Stand up on your feet, man, and start praising God. They're not going to know you went to what you... Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody that meets you today, they're not going to know that you used to be bound with depression. Come on, somebody. They're not going to know that you used to be... Come on, somebody. Addicted. They're not going to know... That you, you used to be bound with fear. Come on, somebody. The thing that you have come out of, it ain't going to stick to you. There's not going to be any evidence that's on your body. But you got to be found in right standing with God. You got to be found with steadfast allegiance and say, in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what threats they threw at me. 
I'm going to be found with steadfast allegiance to my God. Come on. Can't nothing move me. Can't nothing shake me. Come on. I've decided to follow Jesus. Ain't no turning back. I will be found in that right place. I will be standing. Come on. How many of y'all right there where you say, oh, that's it. I'm going to draw the line in the sand. Come on. You need to let the devil know today I ain't going back. I'm not moving to the left or to the right. I'm staying locked in. I'm going 100. I'm going straight at my God. And there is nothing the enemy can do to stop me. And when you come out on the other side, ain't going to be no evidence. But what you got to do is in the middle of it. Some of y'all might be going through something right now. That's all right. But I'm going to give you a chance before we leave right there. Come on. How many of y'all, you might be in a fire of some sort. I'm just telling you right now, under the orders of God, you might be in a fire of some sort. But what you need to be able to do is stand up, come on, and start walking around and praising God in the midst of that fire, in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that tough situation. I dare you to start giving God a praise. I dare you to praise your God right in the midst of adversity. I dare you to praise your God in the devil's face. I dare you to shout unto your God with the voice of triumph. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait for it to be over. And then you're going to praise him. No, no, no. In the midst of the fire. In the midst of the fire. They stood up. And God was with them. In the midst of your battle. In the midst of your trial. Come on, you stand up. And you shout. And because you know you coming up out of this. And when you come out, ain't going to be no trace. Ain't going to, come on, ain't going to be no trace. Come on. So, if you got a trial of some sort, I'm going to have Brother Dan just give you like 15 seconds to stand up in the midst of your fire. And then maybe you're not in no fire, but maybe you need to stand up for somebody else that's in the fire. I don't know. But I want you to stand up. You already standing, but I want you to really stand up in your spirit and I want you to praise God. I want you to shame the devil with your praise. I want you to shame the devil with your radical praise and you going to understand you coming up out and ain't nobody going to even know you went through it because ain't going to be no evidence left. You coming out on top. Amen. Come on, y'all ready? You come some you you ready to give God a, a praise in the midst of your fire? Come on. You ready to give God a praise in the midst of your battle, in the midst of your situation? Come on. Y'all, you ready? I'm gonna give you uh, I'm gonna count it out. And then you just give God a radical praise. One, two, three, praise him.
side on the other side without a trace without a trace come on on the other side without a trace what the enemy intended for evil God's turning that thing around for your good amen come on clap for the Lord amen now while you're standing I just want to pray I want to pray for souls before we close out just stretch your hands to heaven. We just want to believe God. Miracle salvation coming across the world right now. Coming all over the world. Miracle salvation. Souls coming into the kingdom of God. Maybe you're watching us. Maybe you're here. And you've never said yes to Jesus. You never open up your heart for him to flood your life. We want you to know you can do that right now. He's going to come in. And all this power we're talking about, he's bringing it with him. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord, amen.